0: Can you believe it? It's another Friday night. Welcome to Friday Night Review at Sanctuary First and a big welcome tonight to a uh, Jamie Wells who is the, the guard on the train and our theme for tonight is the light at the end of the tunnel or the hills we climb and we're thinking about the perhaps thinking about the Amanda Gorman's poem so that's some of our thoughts tonight the hill we climb the light at the end of the tunnel and we've got a a train guard to just let us know we're coming into the light Um, yes yes, we're in in safe hands aren't we we're in safe hands thank you very much and uh, also welcome to James Cuthcart who joins us again hello Uh, good to see you and to Laura Dagan welcome Laura And we've got apologies from uh, Ian Jemison, who is uh, working tonight. So uh, he may pop in between calls if if he's not so busy. But otherwise. Is that
1: you're trying to say I'm his replacement?
0: Yes, you are indeed.
1: <laughs> you'll do. You'll do him out of a job, I'm sure, James. You'll Probably do him out of a job,
0: absolutely, Jamie, <laughs> when you when tell us all about yourself as well? But hey, guys, that's where we are, um, and uh, so this is our week. This is our week to think about uh, also some of the, the thoughts and the prayers and reflections of of Joe Penn, who again can't be with us this evening because she's a process. She's in the process of leading a retreat online tonight is that right absolutely Juice. yes
1: so the the scargill community that um joe is a member of and uh, i was many years ago um is uh, a retreat center in north yorkshire and normally people would come and visit um, but of course during a lockdown they've not had anyone i don't think they've had any guests since march um and they are now doing digital retreats um and so uh joe is working and leading one tonight so she is on so guys to join if
0: you if you're listening to this in a podcast sanctuary first www.sanctuaryfirst.org.uk you can go and look at our weekly reflections and weekly bible bible reflections and prayers and and uh, it's a different writer every week this week it has been joe penn from the scargill community and she writes very well about various things but the theme we're looking at the overall theme is what makes us human and uh, and what makes us human is i think that's what i'm going to pick up tonight is our ability to be resilient, to rise above the challenges that come our way and to climb the hills and, uh, and to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So here's a question, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. How many tunnels do you go through in your life? In How, my in job a day, and... how many tunnels in a day would you go through on a oh, train?
2: That is a very good question. Um... I'd, I'd need to sit and
1: count, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll, I mean, we'll accept a ballpark. We'll accept a ballpark.
2: I think it's certainly more than double figures anyway. Um, it, it, I, I haven't actually sat and counted, to be honest with you. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I probably could sit and count because I've got that much free time on my hands at the moment because the trains are so quiet. Um but it's probably certainly it's probably more than i would say definitely more than ten um depending on what route, uh that it is that i that i do if and i'm some doing
0: tunnels if some i'm doing Edinburgh to others, london there's certainly
2: more so some are um, longer
0: than others and very much so yes. have you through. got any
1: of those tunnels jamie where you hold your breath you know like when kids used to hold your breath see if you could hold it have you got any super long tunnels in your journey
2: uh there are a few um not necessarily holding your breath more so your ears Mm. that they that they so they don't pop Um, ah yes there are a few of them uh approaching if you're approaching king's cross i think it's after peterborough that if you if you do that route it's literally you you go through it and because you're traveling at 125 miles an hour it's just and you you do feel it
3: occasionally Uh, so i used to um travel a lot um uh, for for work, and I used to travel to London, um, at least once a month. And um, I, I got that, I, I quite liked getting the train, you know, because I felt with the train, I could just kind of kick back, you know, I could do a wee bit of work. Then I could have, you know, something to eat and a wee glass of wine. And then it was like nearly home time. So it was like, it was good just to kind of kick back. <laughs> but it would there'd be that, there was they, there was the tunnels that you'd, as you just, you kind of like, right, I need to brace myself. i <laughs> just, just ready. The,
2: the, the problem with me is because I've, because I've done this job for so long, um I I know the route I would say I know the route like the back of my hand the the famous expression and and that and that would be true in in some respects um so I I roughly know where I am where there's going to be a long tunnel um so if I'm coming down the train and passengers like oh where are we and I can look outside the window go oh we're just approaching a long tunnel and they look at you and go what and then you go through it and you go how do you know that and I'm like Done this route many times,
0: you
1: know. Um, so got sixth sense for you know, tunnels. There's something about <laughs>
0: that. As you think about this, in God's perspective of time, our lock in the tunnel that we are going through with the uh, uh, with COVID is like it's just like that, you know. It, it's through it in no time, but for us, it's slow motion. Yes. Mm. Oh, you yeah, know, no I... kidding. But but we need to believe that we can get through it, and it's that inspiration that we get that we get that reminds us that we can we can indeed get through it and that uh, all as well. And you know? I was just
1: thinking there about the pressure, you know, because there's that that famous metaphor about the light at the end of the tunnel, but but the idea of that sense of pressure that you get being in the tunnel, and and certainly you know when people get. Um, overwhelmed like psychologically and, and you're kind of experiencing panic like so many of us will have done so often this year your senses do change you know that tunneling experience that tunnel vision that sense that actually you can only focus on what's in front of you um, and, and uh, there are moments like that certainly. Aren't there? Picking
2: up on that point James exactly I was reminded um, through uh, a quote from Corey Ten Boom who says when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark you don't throw away the ticket and jump off, you simply sit still and trust the engineer.
1: Ah, uh, you know? that's a great quote. Uh-huh.
2: So it's a fair point when you look at it in that way. Um, that If you're on a route, you trust the driver because the driver knows where he's going and you just sit back and relax and enjoy and get off at your destination, whether it be at the beginning or the end, you know. Um, so
1: but I'm sure many of us have, have got the tickets out and started <laughs> started. Uh, was, uh, me and my
3: dad, actually, me and my dad. Were, it, it was a metaphor that we were um, discussing today um, because I, I feel, um, I, I know for myself and actually some people in my family, this January seems to have been a really hard month and uh, and I know that a lot of people a lot of people are in the mm-hmm. same position and they feel the same way and my dad was saying I was feeling like you know I could see the light at the end of the tunnel but it just seems as if it's got longer now <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the thing was is see the other day the other day James I was ready to kind of just take <laughs> <laughs> you know but the thing is is like that there is there's a there's the light there there's the glimmer there you know you can see it so it's just keeping that focus you know well
1: here's a here here's a a (laughs) story Well, here's a story of redemption for you um, about ripping tickets. So a few years ago, I was um, doing a show through in the Edinburgh Fringe. I say a few years ago, but it was like a decade ago. And a few of us had to knit back to Glasgow and then go back through to Edinburgh. And me and one of my friends were just ripping up all train tickets. And our third friend was ripping up her current ticket without yeah. realising it. So we were all sitting there just ripping our tickets on the train, as you do casually. Um, and then she got to Edinburgh to pull out her ticket, to realise she had torn it into tiny shreds. Um, mm. And so she scooped up every sh- last shred and carried them up to the ticket barrier. Oh.
3: <laughs> and she looked
1: at the man there and just showed him this orange confetti. And he just nodded and let her through. Oh. <laughs> and neither of them said anything. It was just... To be honest
2: with you, he's probably seen that before, to be honest with you. Exactly. So it we was we a beautiful,
1: a beautiful yeah. moment. So I like to think if, on the journey of life, we rip up our tickets, we can still hand those those shards over and someone will let us through
2: <laughs> I've not had any of that yet thankfully on the train on any of my trains but you know um, but yeah so there we go um, I, I, I think a lot of folk ask me this and it's it's bizarre they say to me oh you must have some stories from from working in the, the railway and it's it's quite rightly true I I, I do uh, I mean I think the expression is that I could write a book on, on several stories um, but that's why I love about it so much is that every single day is different, you know. No matter what day of the week it is, you know, it's something comes up. If nothing happens, then it's kind of you look and go, hmm, a normal day in the railway. What's the catch, you know? Um, <laughs> but if there's something different, then it's great fun. So you know, um, I must confess,
0: go. I got I get hooked a wee bit on. There's a program on on on, on the telly um, last year, about Glasgow Central Station, yes, and all the oh, characters oh. that was in the station. Oh, do, do you know, know? I never saw that. I never it's saw just that. fascinating, you know. That I kind of... I
2: watched the I watched the one on Channel Five, um, Inside King's Cross. I watched that one because that was quite good and enjoyable. It's kind of similar to Glasgow Central in the sense of the way the the program works. And my driving instructor, he watched he watched Paddington twenty four seven as well. <laughs> so anytime I was out in a lesson, he'd tell me what had happened in the program. And I'm right. thinking you're definitely in the wrong job if you're able to quote that word for word. So, but yeah, so there you go. Um, it's it's amazing.
1: You can tell there's something about trains, isn't there? That's just a bit romantic. You know, there's a bit of a sense of adventure about. You know, in train stations, even yes. even Glasgow Central, you know, has an air of you could just get on a train. You know, well, at the moment, it, obviously it, we couldn't. We can absolutely.
0: But. I think it's to do with is it the it's you're going in this journey you're going somewhere it's movement mm-hmm. you know and the, there's a sense of um, a destination but which... also
1: the sense that like you have to let yourself get pulled you know so uh-huh. it's not like driving somewhere or getting a plane or whatever I think there's something about trains particularly which just have this kind of I don't know they just kind of it's almost like getting swept away <laughs> you know you just get on it's, a train and it just it's, goes it's,
2: it's much, it's much more different than an aeroplane, uh, I tend to find. And to be honest with you, I, I prefer taking the train rather than the plane mm-hmm. um, because I, I I must confess I'd, I have taken, I have flown as well uh, to, to London a few times, you know, short quarter, but um, sometimes it's just enjoyable sometimes to do that. But I think the few times that I have done it, um, you realise that there's so much involvement that you need to have you know you need to be at the airport early you can't take this you can't take that you need to go through security you need to do check-in you need to then hang about then you get on the plane and you taxi up the runway and then vumph you land at your whichever airport you've landed at and then you've got to physically get in to the city centre to your destination you know by the time you do that you're exhausted whereas you're more than halfway there if you do on the train you just turn up 20 minutes beforehand on you go you know down the route. So. That's what I feel
1: like. Now. Ripping for the trains there, Jamie, that's good. Yeah, well, you know, I mm-hmm. always
3: liked him um, when I, I, always liked, liked going first class.
2: Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> and
3: that would extra, you know, comfort. <laughs>
1: a, a friend of mine,
3: a
2: really good friend of mine, he, um, he introduced me to first class a number, a number of years ago, long before I worked for the company. And, um, I, I was it was back in the day where you could collect through the newspaper, you could collect the tokens for East Coast trains and they would give you the the password vouchers and you could get cheap rail tickets. So we did it through that and we ended up going to York one day and we he introduced me to first class and it was just fabulous, you know, unlimited tea and coffee, sandwiches, cakes, but oh I mean, I was hooked. And now that I work for the company, it's I can enjoy that part of Leisure travel as well with friends who my friends list has grown and grown and grown. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Literally,
1: friends in <laughs> high places, you know. <laughs> Everyone's saying,
0: one. I think we'll go to London today. We'll phone up Jamie to see if he wants to come with us. <laughs> Do you know, it's
2: it's more so, it's, it is a, a, a lot like that. Sometimes it's like, get Jamie, uh,
0: and I'm like, I know what's
2: coming, I'm like, uh huh. <laughs> Could you, uh, okay, when do you need to go? You know, and it's sort of the data, <laughs> and they're fine with it normally. So, or it's, could you take, it? okay, right, I'll take you, no problem, that's fine, you know, I'll hold my hands up, I'll go, it's fine, you know, um, but it doesn't bother me, it's fine. And um, it's a wee day out in general. So, aye, aye.
0: Yeah, you go. Listen, oh, yeah. eh, thinking about railways, thinking about journeys, thinking about light at the end of the tunnel <clears throat> anything in joe's writings this week that inspired you to think a bit about the light at the end of the tunnel
1: absolutely i um was thinking that there was one phrase particularly that just um hugely stood out to me uh, which was from yesterday's uh, uh, prayer so that was the one called love speaks face to face And it's interesting because it was the reading um, given, you know, in our theme material was just John three sixteen, which is obviously a verse which is so often taken out of context Mm -hmm. for God to love the world, uh, so -hmm. that everyone believing Him may have eternal life. Um, and we just use that in isolation but it was um, and we just gave it to Joe in isolation but what's interesting is that she has kind of gone into the into the context and the scene with Nicodemus and everything um, but there's just a, a line in the prayer where she writes you entrusted Nicodemus with the central truth of God's purposes in the world to love it back to life through the mystery of your life and death for us and I just Ooh, think that phrase yeah that's that that's phrase, yeah, well, you should check it out. It's great. So it was the it was the prayer from yesterday. And I think just the idea of being loved back to life just really resonates. And also something about, you know, the mystery of your life and death for us in that I think sometimes like it is a mystery. <laughs> we need to kind of like face up to that. Like we don't necessarily know all the ins and outs. Like sometimes we try and over over nail it down and simplify it and put it in terms we can relate but it is kind of miraculous and it's kind of mysterious that what is the trinity how did jesus who is fully divine become fully human and die but then not die you know Mm. undie if you like and come back to life and it's this mystery but that but just particularly that phrase loving us um loving us back to life and i think that's in terms of the end of the tunnel you know knowing that there's a place to go back to that that's part of the plan you know that if we lose everything and we lose heart and lose life that isn't the end of the tunnel Um,
0: you know it's funny that phrase loving us back you know ian jimison and i wrote a song and one of his loving us back into life (laughs) through through loving us back into life um, through his death or through dying you know Mm -hmm. the dying you know and it's a it's a song actually about um, street children in in, in Peru. Mm-hmm. You know these vagabonds, murderers and cheats. The gutter, their bed, cardboard boxes for sheets, and sharing a doorway th- with outcasts he eats, loving them back into life as he dies.
2: So this is what I love about Albert Bogle is there's always something that you that you always need that you always find out from him. You know, in the sense of that it, there's there's nothing that he hasn't done. You know in his in his life you know
1: <laughs> and uh, some, we, of it twice. Some, some of it twice, it twice. <laughs> you know and, and i only
2: just came across him as a moderator for the general assembly you know and i'm hearing all of this you know so it's amazing it's absolutely amazing but
0: uh, that that idea of um, thinking about this idea of you know new life and beginning again and uh, being born again that's what I wanted to talk about a wee bit. Well, there,
1: there you go. Nicodemus is your man. Nicodemus, <laughs> yeah. It,
0: I often thought, and, and it came to me as I was, this week, I, you know, I, I was giving the kind of weekly message this week as well on that theme. And as I was reading that again with fresh eyes, Nicodemus was coming to Jesus not to complain, but he was actually coming with, as as Joe says, with an open heart. He was open-hearted to Jesus. He said, no one can do the things that you're doing unless he's a for God. You know, so he, his heart's open to Jesus. But why does he come at night? Hmm. And, and and the writer says he came at night. Was it because he, he, was, he, he was feeling his way into, into faith? And I sometimes think people come to sanctuary first, and they come to the things that we are doing here, you know, and you're listening to this tonight, and you're just feeling your way into faith, and that's absolutely good, that's great, because you're not under any pressure, but you're just being, you're coming, and because there's something about Jesus that draws you, you know, and there's something good, and Jesus looks into Nicodemus's heart, and he says, Nicodemus, that's only revealed to you by the Spirit, you're, you're recognising who I am because the Spirit of God is revealing that to you. And I think that is amazing that, you know, preachers and teachers and Christians think that sometimes God needs them to do his, his, his <laughs> business. And he's already out there working in people's hearts, drawing them to himself, using all kinds of situations. You know, and and then Nicodemus asked this question, so so how can you be born again when you're old? Can you go into your mother's womb and be born again? And then Jesus says, that which is born of the spirit is spirit, and that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Mm -hmm. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again.
3: Do you know, I was... um, just thinking about that, like I, I remember I was in uh, I was doing a children's address actually on this, <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, and and it was only like when I, I I realized, cause cause kids are like you know, that really like think deeply, you know, and uh, it was, I was like, really, like, you know, cause and it was, it was this wee boy, and he must have been about like, he must have been about four, you know, or five. And his brother was always, he was the one that always had all the answers, you know, and the kids were really engaged. And I was talking about being born again and, you know, and he's like, does that mean that you need to die? And I was like, oh wow you know it's like Absolutely. you know I'm like that it's just amazing and then I thought oh I could get into like you know I really go off on one here you know like kind of riffing off this wee guy what he's saying <laughs> and and I was thinking it, it brought just when I was thinking about it there it brought me like to her prayers this morning and that was like one of the reflection you know about you know dying to your old ways you mm. know this so was that you could like be you know um you know the, the new life you know that you get through Jesus you know knowing Jesus you know is allowed to to blossom and you know you can leave all that old stuff behind and 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 I thought that that wee boy just you know it was just it was just amazing you know and he was just thinking so deeply about it you're thinking a wee kid can get that but you know, <laughs> you know lots of adults can you know get their head around it.
0: Do you know? Yeah. It, it, you just remind me of um, one incident in Peru. Um, when we made our first, when the first BBC documentary went of Fine Trust taking the ship to Peru, we we made a, a documentary and and. Um, some of the filming of that was to to meet some of the ch- the boys who had been, whose lives had been changed because we made it off the street. And we're down in Akitas, in the jungle city of Akitas. And the, the, Alex McCall's team is asking him what, what, what it is, this young, this boy, uh, what had happened to him. And this is a boy who's who had been abused by his father and all kinds of things, and he, he had, he had vowed in himself that he was going to murder his father. He was going to murder his father. And the new birth happened to him. He was born again. And, and he was asked, why do you not think, why do you not want to do that anymore? And it was the translation from Spanish into English was he, what he said, it was, because sometimes these kids speak very poetically. He said, I now breathe fresh air.
3: Wow. I no
0: longer breathe that stench, that stinky that. air. I now breathe fresh air. Wow. wow. You know, and, and, and that's what this new birth is all about. It's a new air we breathe. Mm. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a new oxygen that gives us a different kind of life and we see things in a new way. Um, was it Paul says if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. I mean that's Paul's picking up in that thing about new birth. He's a new creation. The old things have passed away, and everything becomes new. Quite amazing.
3: Oh, oh. as as is just the uh, and the thing about that is, it's like we we it takes time, you know, for for a new life to you know, it gain strength as well, you know, mm. it, it it takes time for that and just take, you know, it just t- to grow. And um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we can be a wee bit hard on ourselves in that in that that period of time, you know. And it's I think as well, it's like whenever it can seem like, you know, you're in a wee bit of a tunnel as well, you know, whenever you're having mm. this like rebirth. Um, and it's to focus you know on the on the light that's there and just allow that allow that new body you know that new spirit to you know it just take to, to kind of get to ground itself and, you know yes, i
2: i've got a friend of mine who um who i went to primary school with and I've known him for years and years and years and he's he's honestly he's, he's He's such a great guy and he lives in London and his job is very, very tough. And whenever I'm down there, I get a chance to see him and things like, I get to spend time with him. Um, and it's not often that I do, but whenever I do get to spend time with him, it's great. And the few times that I have, he's invited me to his church and things and he's showing me what he's doing and, and things. And there was one day I was invited out and he was actually leading worship, it just so happened. And... I was with another good friend of mine. I was just standing in awe, looking at this chap, you know, up the front of the, the building. And he was there he was, just this 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 figure, this godly figure, you know, just leading leading worship as he does, you know. And I just looked and I thought, you know, there's somebody who's who's different on so many levels, but who's, you know, born born again kind of type thing. Um and you look at him and you think, why can't I be like that? Why can't why can't I, you know, I want a bit of that, you know, in, in that respect. Um and, and I, I I came away and I was like, you know, how can how why can't I be like that? Um, I mean, I am who I am, of course, and and, and I can't change that. Um, but it was, it was weird and so bizarre looking at it. Um but it was really good at the same time to see how far he'd come on. Um, yeah. But uh, it's, it's amazing when you see it in the person. Um, and when other non-Christians see it, then they go, there's something different about you. What's, what's, what's going on? You know, and they'll look at you in a weird way and go, mm, have you taken some kind of fancy medicine or something like that? To make you, <laughs> you?" know. Um,
1: so Absolutely. No. And there's that thing, isn't there about, um, how you know enthusiasm and charisma those words come originally from this idea of being filled with the spirit, you know, and there is a sort of um it can manifest in different ways. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. always like someone up the front like that, but there is a kind of maybe even a bit of a glow about some people, you know, um, mm-hmm. the that is magnetic, I think that mm-hmm. is attractive, you know, in some way. Um yeah. and certainly I've I've sometimes been, you know, you feel drawn to people, you know, and you think. want to talk to that person I don't really know why I just want you just feel better about yourself talking to someone you know the people that just make you feel better um and maybe this
0: is a a great time uh, James to just dip into this amazing young woman that appeared on our screens uh, on Wednesday afternoon Amanda Gorman 22 year old woman I, I mean, obviously, she's been known in America as a poet, and she's had publications. But for us in UK, just a, a great introduction. What what? There's something, something serene about her, wasn't there? Oh, I, just it's,
1: you just you know, a perfect moment. I think I of everything it was coming together. A little bit
0: of Doctor Martin Luther King there, you know, in the midst of all that, you know, just the the the, the use of language, how she used that, and she covered everything, you know analogies of, uh, you know, to Hamilton, to, uh, to biblical images, you know, um, and was able to even bring in the present troubles, but in such a, a way that it was uh, it, it was recognizing it, but then moving into something that was uh, the, something the light of the tunnel. But, you know, just some of these, when the day comes to ask questions ourselves, when the day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? You know, and, and that's sometimes what we're feeling, isn't it? Sometimes this never-ending tunnel, where can we find light?
1: Absolutely. No, it really just felt like <laughs> um, such a beautiful moment of things coming together. And I heard an interview... Uh, with her where she was saying that she had been uh because i can't remember when when she was asked but like a month or so back she started working on it and was working a few lines at a time a few lines at a time and then the events happened you know at the um at the capitol building and with everything mm. kicking off and that whole thing and then she she kind of wrote most of the rest of it in one go like th- th- that night and it's amazing to think out of that kind of dark confusing um situation that this poem Uh, finished and came out and so burnished you know because this poem is so has so much goodness you know I would say about it so much goodness and brightness and clarity and uh, the the line that we isolated for uh, you know this episode was that for there is always light because right near the end of the poem she says uh, for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it if only we're brave enough to be it and so in terms of you know what you were saying there Jamie about that kind of you know, that sort of being drawn to something about people, you know, I think there is a lightness in people, you know, and I think, I think it comes and goes in our lives, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. we feel the lightness, and sometimes we don't feel like we can carry that lightness, but I think um, we can, we can carry some of the light, Um, and just given how tough January's been, I mean, I totally echo what, you know, you and your dad were saying, Laura, I think this I think we had high hopes for 2021, yeah, perhaps unrealistic weird. hopes for <laughs> we'll 2020. Be, we'll for
2: that one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so uh, it's been tough. It's been quite hard. Um, and so to see something that's just, just such goodness, you know, without being cheesy or twee or naff or anything, but just kind of calling out the, the best of us. And, and I, I think, think there's something in poetry that can do that. No, on you go, Jamie.
2: I was going to say, I think, more so for America in general with the, the new inauguration of the president and particularly with what they have been through for the past four years. I think it's given them and everybody else a sense of new hope in the sense that this guy has been elected, uh, he's been sworn in, and he's going to try and to, well, I was going to say to use a phrase that uh, the former President Trump used, he's going to try and make America great again you know, in the respect of, but he's really now this time going to try to win back the support of the voters, you know. And he's he's got a big task uh, ahead of him to do it because he's got a pandemic to deal with at the same time. But, I mean, good luck to him. Mm. And I I think if he comes out well, we'll see what he does in his first 100 days. But, you know, if he gets that far, we'll see.
1: It's a real kind of inflection point, isn't it, in history? You know, as the year changes and we're thinking, can we do it? Can we bring everything together? You know, we've got the pieces now with all these vaccines and can we globally work together and, and get through this?
3: Mm-hmm. I think, see, in, in the poem, it the bit that really kind of, it really struck me, because this is what I, I feel that with America especially, because you've seen it in other countries that have really, you know, had to, wrestle with uh you know a really conflicted past you know and they've had these um you know the, the reconciliation and it's been a real a real point uh you know we're going to sit down and we're going to listen you know we're going to listen to to what each of these people are saying and there's this trying to understand you know, and I think we America, I do think that that's something that we really need to do, is is actually listen. You know, listen to each other, and not just try to brush things aside, mm-hmm. not just try to, um, you know, um, you know, like oh well, we'll we'll give more, we'll give uh, you know more jobs to certain people, or we'll we'll promote <laughs> certain. people, But actually, listen to why people have had, you know, why people feel the way they do and to really get to grips with our history. I think that's where the reconciliation has to take place. And because that, that I just loved that that bit in the poem where it says, um, you know, we will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild, reconcile and recover. And... Um, and then looking at that end bit, eh, James, that you had, you know, if only we're brave enough to see it, and if only we're brave enough to do it. And I do think they have to be brave enough to have these conversations wow. and listen and try to understand each other. And then, you know, they'll they'll be in the light. You know, it's not just like the light at the end of the tunnel. They will they will be in the light then. um. It's difficult, you know, to get to that place, but I think it's really important, you know, to have these conversations. And, I and think that's, the
0: that, that's a message to, to a nation, but it's also a message to the Christian communities around oh. the world mm-hmm. that um, we are called to live in unity. We're called to be part of the one unified body of Christ, and we need to learn to listen to one another as Christian people is so that we can um, bring about that harmony that's... that's and, and this is where I, I, I'm i hoping that we can go in the next two or three months in sanctuary first is to start getting us to see the, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives and at work in our world. Mm-hmm. And that the Spirit Through the internet, I think we can see things being broken down, we can see attitudes and I think people might even start listening to one another through the internet because they're going on the internet on a Sunday and listening to another sermon or another church from another tradition altogether and thinking, you know, that was good. (laughs)
3: Aye, like, <laughs> that I, wasn't I, so bad after it, all. <laughs> I, I people up, you know, to you know, to out with what their comfort zone is, you know, and uh, see well, that's actually not too bad. Like, they're no wacky, you know. <laughs> exactly,
0: and that's people true. think, yeah. because we carry these, we, you know, it's like, um, yeah, we we carry these imaginary things about people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, can I tell you a story when we started the church without walls movement in the church of scotland i remember um, that in in the noughties right and we oh. were running conferences up at on uh, uh, at the beginning of the year you know and and we ran a conference i think it might let me just say maybe 2006 2007 i can't be sure but um we, we had we had a, a Kenny Boswick and the, we, had all, so we had all different kinds of speakers from different wings of the church, you know, from John Bell to K- Kenny Boswick to different uh, different wings and different perspectives, but they were all coming to say. And this lady wrote me a letter and she said, she started off She said, I come from the liberal wind of the church. And she said, I came to... Um, the Church Without Walls conference last week. And um, I, I was hemmed in between, in, in the middle of the aisle and I couldn't get out. And I wasn't intending to listen to Kenny Bodwick because I knew I didn't like him, but I'd never heard him. I didn't even know him, but I just thought I didn't like him because she'd, she she'd assumed what he was going to be like, yeah. and of course, anybody who knows Kenny Boswick knows he's such a gentle person and a gentleman in the way he, he speaks, well, and he's, he's very, hard very hard. winsome. Yeah. And 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 this kindly man stood up and started to speak about Jesus. And she said in her letter to me, he reconnected me back to what really matters. Oh. And all of a sudden, he cut through all the theology of all the differences that we all have, and he had taken us to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's when we meet Jesus and get back to these key things in our lives, it it changes everything, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Definitely, you know. And, and it draws people back to what you were talking about, uh, Jamie. It, it's the what is it that draws you to to that? It's Jesus. It's the it's the image of Christ in that person. The new, the spirit, the Holy Spirit. And who is the Holy Spirit? It's, it's the spirit of God. It's, it's Jesus. You know, he said, I, I will not leave you, I, but I will go with you. And, and, and so when we break the bread and we take the wine, we're bringing, we're bringing this life into us. And that life becomes the amazing life that changes people. And you'll never know the people that you've touched on a train. That's true, actually. It might very well be a gospel train for some people. <laughs>
3: oh, oh, that was actually, one of my you know... favourites when I was wee. By the Gospel Express, come along and say yes. We're waiting <laughs> <leaving> for glory <laughs> That uh, better be uh, sang on uh, Sunday. We better uh, be doing that.
0: Well, do you know, we've got a version, Ian and I, Hi, have got a version. we've got a version of that. Get on board, little children. Get on board, little children. Get on board, little children. There's room for many more. Gospel train's coming. I can feel it at hand. But yeah. <laughs>
2: it's, it's funny you mention that, actually. You've just reminded me of a story. Um... It must have been not long when I started in my my job. Um, I was doing, uh, I think we'd been diverted somewhere via Carlisle or somewhere like that. And it was a Saturday night. It was horrible. There was loads of drunk people on the train. It was busy. It was was just awful. Um, And it just so happens I was working this train. And I happened to speak to this chap who came to the bar to ask me, a question this day. So I've got chatting away to him because I, I like to chat to people, uh, as, as most of you know. Um so I was chatting away, I was drawn to this chapter to, to chat to. Him. Um and him and his wife were traveling up, they were on a tour and they were traveling across and and um, they were celebrating their Ruby wedding anniversary. So I thought, oh that's nice. So I went to the, the fridge to give them a bottle of champagne complimentary, Aww. you know, on the house, mm. happy anniversary upgraded them to first class and they Aww. certainly enjoyed it. And that was that was that. So they disappeared. And all the all the while as this journey was going on, I kept thinking about them, just as a you know, from stuff that the guy had said. So once I finished, I thought I, I just went through and I, I sat myself and I said, look, I said, I don't know that this has happened to I said, but i you know I've been drawn to come and sit and chat with you. Um so I was giving them information about what they could do when they arrive in Edinburgh, etc. and all the rest of it. And as this conversation progressed, it turned out that the chap and his wife, where he was a pastor of one of the biggest churches in Dallas, in Texas, and they were over on holiday.
3: Oh, wow. and they were
2: actually They were actually coming to do an Alpha course with Holy Trinity, Brompton, Hopefully. and all the rest of it and things like that. So we got chatting away. And... I was I was quite amazed by this whole this whole thing. I was like, "Wow, this is you know, this is really cool, you know." So before I knew it, before I knew it, I should have what I should have done was engage my brain before opening my mouth because I have a habit of doing that, as something we all do. <laughs> and sometimes you know you put your foot in it. So I just so happened out of out of the blue, just said to them, "I said, well, I said this was this Saturday. I said, so what are you guys doing tomorrow?" He said, "Oh, well, we're not doing anything." And then I just so happens. Why don't you come along to church tomorrow? I, my dad's a local minister. Come along and have and come to come to church and see what it's like. Oh, that would be great. So, give them the postcode, etc., and all this because we're going to get a taxi. And I came away and I thought, and, and you know, with that thing of going, they'll never come along to that. They never will. Surely they won't. Anyway, I came home that night, still thinking about it. Got up the next again morning, and I explained to my dad what had happened. I said, so you might have two additional guests. I said, if they, if they come, this is who they are, you know. I said, if they don't, don't worry about it. So I was working the next thing the day. So I was in the church doing some stuff and my dad was outside greeting uh, the, the, the congregation as they come in, up pulls this taxi and lo and behold, these guys come out. So they've come all the way from town to come to this service. And my dad recognized them instantly. And they came up the, the pathway and they saw my dad and, they said, and my dad said, oh, you must be Philip and I can't remember the the, the woman's the, the wife's name. But they instantly said, oh, you must be Jamie's dad, you know, kind of. Oh, yeah. So he says, yeah, Jamie's told me all about you, et cetera, and all, all the rest of it. So apparently they had a fabulous time and they were chatting to my mom and dad afterwards in the church and they got on like a house on fire. And it just so happens that they were over just doing this alpha thing. <laughs> but it was the conversation that I'd had with them the previous night. Wow,
3: that was that the, had spirit, drawn
2: them, Holy you the Holy know, Spirit. The Holy Just because I just, you know, it just so happened, I just was like,
0: no, I'm going to go back to,
2: mm. to them. But that's
0: the Spirit drawing you, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I think this is a, these are the conversations that are, we need to encourage more of mm-hmm. us, the voice of God. Yeah. This is yeah. a way of walking it.
3: Uh huh, Because that's that the spirit does guide us. And, and I think we we get these, you know, we get these, like, we urges, oh, I think I should do that, you know, or, or I should go, I should say that or this. And sometimes we don't have the courage, but I think, you know, there's a reason why the spirit's, you know, drawn us in this way. And, he, you know, and it's like, just trust, just trust. Mm-hmm. This, is yeah. how. this is not
0: This is not you stuff. Look at what, eh, what Joe was writing about last week, about the curious incident of God in the, in the nighttime. Night. God, the late night caller, who comes and speaks to a wee boy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So does God speak to us at night? Do you ever find, could you get up at night? And God's hear God's voice in, in dreams. There's good. I mean, we could do we could do a whole session sometime. Oh, I oh, <laughs> It
2: would take more than an hour. Put it that way. If we did Absolutely, that, Absolutely,
1: wouldn't it? We would could all know? be in our jammies. Uh. <laughs> we could all be in our jammies. But midnight feast.
0: <laughs> this whole voice, hearing the voice of God, and Samuel, and then having to go, and then deliver a very difficult message to someone who he respected. Wow. Yeah,
2: I was, funnily enough, actually, again, this has a, another story to do with yours truly. I have no idea why, but it, 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 I was reminded of it. Um, in my previous job, I used to work at a hotel and I was doing all the shifts under the sun and working away. And I got to know the chefs in the kitchen and there was this one particular chef, who just so happened to be the head chef, who you didn't mess with. You, you, you just, no, no, no. You know, you knew where the line was, you didn't cross it, because if you knew he was grumpy, he would really be grumpy. But I knew where that line was, so I could kind of get away with it and be in the, do the things I did in a cheeky sense sometimes. And he would know that as, as time went on and we got to know each other. Anyway, there was this one particular night that I was working away and I think I was filling up tea and coffee pots to take out and service had finished and this was fine. So was, okay, and he was sat, he was just perched on a, a wee table in the kitchen, out in the in a dwam, you know. And um he was he was looking at me in a in a way that, you know, for a, a chef to look at somebody differently, you know, and I was kind of so I kinda looked back at him and I said, you know, I said, are you okay, Chef? I said, you can to be way in a dream or, or, or things, he goes, Um, he goes, No, no, he says, I'm, I'm just thinking, and that's how he used to talk. And I was like, All right, okay, I says, what are, you, what are you thinking about? He says, Well, he says, I think it's time you and I had a little bit of a conversation. And I'm looking and I'm going, That's yeah. right. <laughs> I, oh. I, uh, I said, What have I done wrong? He goes, Oh, no, nothing, nothing. I was like, Right, okay, I'm thinking, Where the hell is this going? You know, um, he says. I think it's time you and I had a conversation about religion and things. And I was like, oh, right, okay. And I'm I'm standing there getting redder in the face, thinking, this is bizarre. Why is a head chef wanting to have a conversation with me about religion? But I thought, I'll go with it. We'll just go with the flow. So he was asking a whole heap of questions. And I kind of looked and I thought, I I didn't have all the answers. This was the, I said, look, I said, I know this is going to sound really bad. Unfortunately, I don't have all the answers that that you you wish to 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 all those questions you've asked me. Again, I engaged. I should have engaged my brain before opening my gob. Um, but I said, out of the blue, I said, "Have you ever thought about attending an alpha course?" You know, to answer those you know big big questions that you that you've obviously got. You know, obviously things are you're you're curious about things, which is great. You know, oh, what's an alpha course? And I says. Let me let me uh, get some stuff materials for you, and I'll come back to you. I said because we'll we'll leave it there. I said, but we'll continue this conversation. So I went out of the kitchen, scratching my head, thinking, did that really, did that really happen? Did that just, did I really have that conversation with that mm-hmm. person? You know. Anyway, picked up that night by my dad, driving up the road. How was your shift, etc. And I explained what had happened, and he goes. And he, came, he was he was taking a it as well. He says, "That guy never knows." I says, "I know." I said, "I just." Uh. So he says, "Leave it with me," and you know, we'll, "I'll I'll deal with it." I was like, "Okay." So he gave my dad gave me a copy of the Y course, this book that normally we give to people if they're curious about various things to do with church and, and everything. He says, "Give that to him and see what he see what he says." Okay. So I went in the next again day, and, and he was you know I, I arrived early. I checked his office, he wasn't there. So I was like, right, I'm going to do some stuff and I'll come back to him. So I went back later with the book, you know, sheepishly up to his office, you know, popped my head around the door and there he was at the computer. And he kind of looked at me, all right? And I says, yeah, I'm fine, you know. And uh, I says, I says you got a minute? No, oh, what's up? And he says, um, says, about our conversation yesterday. He says, oh, why? I says, let me just give you that. And I kind of stepped back, he said, no. Oh, Thanks very much. She says, I'm on holiday in a couple of in a t- couple of days' time, I'll take that with me. I says, Okay. Did You take that with you. I says, and let me know how you get on. So he went on holiday. A couple of weeks later he came back and was in the kitchen. I says, How I says, How was your holiday? Oh, it was great, fantastic. I said, Did you enjoy the book? I couldn't put it down, was his words. He literally, he says, I was sitting by the pool. He says, I I kept reading it. He says, I couldn't put it down. Um, And then I left because I was like, take part in my new job. So I don't know what's, if he's taking that further, but it was just so bizarre and weird. And, you know, you kind of think, there's me. He's been drawn to me. You know, this normal person who's who's got, who's... Who is a Christian on so many levels, but doesn't walk the walk? And I mean, I will admit that talks the talk but doesn't walk the walk. Um, but he was drawn to me. You know, mm-hmm. it was so odd and so bizarre, um, and I, I I genuinely didn't know what to make of it. Um, that this guy, a head chef who is the gr- who was the grumpiest person on the planet, sometimes, well, the majority of the time. But um, <laughs> he was asking questions of me about religion and all sorts of things, you know. So it can happen to the best of us. Absolutely, uh, Jamie. But-
3: um, with it, I think sometimes I think we we make assumptions, don't we, mm. about the people that we think will be receptive to our message and people that we think won't be. And uh, I was doing some prep this week, thinking about uh, Jonah. You know, Jonah going to the Ninevites. You know, oh, wow. and actually going. But then he didn't really want them to, you to, know, uh, you know, be forgiven and for God to give them another chance. But it does make, it made me think, you know, there's, we, I think a lot of the time we, you know, we put our own thoughts on, oh, well, they'll be open to my message and, oh, aye, they'll be open to my message and, no, they won't be, so I won't say anything to them. But it just shows you, actually, anybody, you know, can be open mm-hmm. to the message mm-hmm. and, uh, uh and it's it's listening you know to the spirit as well and like you know just going right i'm going to go for it this is the time this is the this is it the opportunity um and just you know sharing you know sharing like the good news of jesus and uh just planting that seed sometimes with people absolutely
0: know? absolutely uh, you know, jimmy i love that story because i love that it's unresolved for you mm-hmm. But you don't know where that story's going to go. No, I don't. You know, and uh, maybe somebody listening into this might come back <laughs> to you and tell you where that story's going. <laughs> but we don't know, and we don't need to know.
2: No, right. no, we don't.
0: Because it's part of that journey of, it's like God saying, see, it's okay, I've taken care of it anyway. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you, you're doing your bit, but there's someone else now he's brought to another place with someone else that- you know I, I, and, and this is what we need to chill a wee bit when it talks about evangelism and mission sometimes people think it's all to do with you you've got to do this i've got to do this i've got to do that no it's you do what you've called to do mm-hmm. but it's it's god's mission yeah it's his work it it, it he's doing it Mm. You know, and we're going to learn this if you stick with us this m- the next couple of months. We're going to be thinking about the awakenings that can happen. The, the awakenings in, in the history of the church where everything's been so flat. And then these amazing awakenings that happen where it's like renewal and revival happens. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the most unexpected people who come to faith and find faith.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, Albert, at this time, this time I think, you know, there's there's all these seeds being planted. You know, we were talking earlier on about, you know, you know, you know the Holy Spirit working o- uh, online. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, in church, actually, you know, people can have a face on, you know, they can have the mask on, you know, they can be like, oh, yes, this is me. But in the house... In their own space there's no mask and it's mm-hmm. you know and it's you and it's god and it's it's authentic and it's real and you know i think just now there is so many seeds being planted because this is it People are people are dipping in, you know. They're like, "Well, I might not go to that church up the road." You know, I don't know about them up there. They say, "But, but they're dipping in." they be like, "Oh well, I'll try this." All right, okay. Nobody, nobody knows me on here. I can just say, take... and then it's like, you know, the the spirits taking hold. It's grabbing them, and then they're like, "Actually, I quite like this. I want to know more." No, well,
2: exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I was, I was at a walk in, in the first lockdown um, back last year. And it just so happens I spotted one of our, our neighbours out and about, and who admittedly, she admitted to me that um, she she does not go to church and et cetera. I mean, she'll go if there's like a funeral of a well-known person and things. But she was saying to me, she said, you know, she said, Jamie, she said, I watch your dad every Sunday doing his, his, his message. And she says, I can't put it down. She says, it's a ritual. She says, I have to watch it, you know. And she openly admitted that this is what she did. And I said, well, I said, there's probably a lot of people that are in the exact same boat as you. I said, and who knows? I said, once lockdown's over, I said, and the buildings reopened, I said, whenever that will be, I said, you'll be more than welcome to come along. And I think that's what we'll find is that these people who have been dipping in to various services online, they might want to, they might want to find out more of what's about, and they might actually want to come to the the services that. They, they've, they've experienced online and go I want to know more about this but it's that taking the step over the, uh, over the, th- the threshold and over the door without That's the feeling, word I was
1: going to say uh, threshold. Without isn't feeling it? Do you
2: know embarrassed
0: what, But you know what I'm hoping do you know what I'm hoping is that we will have learned, those people who are go to church every Sunday mm-hmm. will have learned something else that mm-hmm. that wasn't really always church Yes. And that we've discovered something else. Yeah. Do you know the bit that you read? I was reading this week in Job. And Job says to God at the end, he says, I have heard from other people, and they have told me about you, but it wasn't until I seen you for myself and your holiness that I realized how unholy. And how, how, how much I needed you. So it's like the worm, you know, and 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 it's it's something's going to happen. Something's breaking. Mm-hmm. It's going. to It's breaking church people as well. It's breaking church. Church can never be the same again. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. and, and and you know, and you know the other thing that came to me. I've been thinking just. That, that that's these are challenging times, but oh, what could we be? Somebody's got to go through the next awakening. Why can't it be us?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm all for it. I'm, ready. I'm ready. Laura's all for it. Laura's leading
1: the charge. Laura's. We're safe, Albert. Don't worry. Laura's on the case. Laura's on the case. But I think you know because actually picking up Laura, what you said about the masking, you know, because you talked about wearing masks in church. But I think like figurative masks, right? You know, not just yes. the the masks that we have to wear. And maybe as part of this awakening, there's a bit of an unmasking going on, you know, and this uh, theme that we're looking at in February uh, which is just coming up as the parable of social distancing um, and Albert's been working on this fantastic stuff about the idea of seeing how our experience of social distancing how does that make us feel about holiness about love about community about um, communion I can't remember your fifth word freedom uh, freedom. freedom, that's it freedom um, you know and and actually I think there's something there about masks you know because albert at one point you say that um we've realized that actually we've been socially distant for a long time that's one of the things Mm -hmm. about the social distance measures we have at the moment is that we've realized that actually we have been distant from one another and so laura you know from what you've just said and i'm hoping there's a blog or a prayer or stuff coming out of this but this idea that actually we've been wearing masks for a long time haven't we
0: you
1: know like we may have only been wearing physical masks last year but we've got particularly in the pew particularly yes. <laughs> sitting in our rows in church we've been wearing masks we've been nodding politely we've been uh, perhaps falling asleep behind our masks.
0: <laughs> yes. exactly. and you know exactly. that is exactly right and you know when you go back to church when you're going back bef- during lockdown and you're wearing your mask that's a parable mm-hmm. god's saying If there's a prophet among you, he says, "Do you see what you're doing? You're wearing a mask, Uh but I want you to come into my house when it's all over without a mask. Yes, in a a, new way.
2: It's a bit like that. It's a bit like that TV program, The Masked Singer, which I don't know if any of you have watched. Yes, um, it's it's a bit like that. Speaking of, you know, whoever gets the least vote has to remove the the mask, and it turns out that a few of them who have been, remo- who, who can actually sing, which who'd have, who'd have thought you go, oh, they can sing? Wow, um, <laughs> you know, but it's picking up on Albert's point, you know, to, to remove that mask, you're seen in a totally different light and in a totally new way, you know? And and, and I, th- I think that's the, the, the thought that folk need to grasp is when they do get back to church, whenever that will be, that they literally need to remove the mask and are seen in a totally new, new light not just to themselves, but to everybody else around them. And folk will look and go, what's happened to you? You know, you were different before, you know.
0: Yeah, Um, and church will be
2: different. Fancy medicine during lockdown that we don't know about.
0: (laughs) And church will be different, you know, and we'll see church in a different way and and we'll embrace people out with the church. And you'll not need to, you'll not need, to be in the choir, to be in the in-group. You'll not need to be in the (laughs) prayer group to be in the in-group. You'll not need to be in, to be in. In fact, if you're out, you're in.
3: Yes, exactly. Amen. No no cliques here.
0: No cliques here. (laughs) Wow. And not only that, but the denominations are changing. Yes. All of a sudden, I, I... all of a sudden, the Baptists are joining with the Presby's and the Presby's with the Catholics.
3: Aye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Wow. Good to see. What's happened here? I know. But that's isn't it. We're all Christians. We're all following, you know, we're all following Jesus. And it's, uh, you know, we're all brothers and sisters together. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly, exactly. I mean, admittedly, we don't act
0: like it. I'm so glad we had the guard on the train today. I'm so glad glad the guard was on the gospel train, taking us through the tunnel tonight and showing us a light at the end. (laughs) Yes, there's light at the end of this tunnel. I'm so glad for uh, Amanda Gorman and her wonderful poem. It's inspired our 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 session tonight, our chance to talk tonight, Mm. isn't it?
1: absolutely I was just going to say shall I read that last part again uh, just before you wrap up Albert Absolutely. Um, so what she writes this is the last part of the poem when day comes we step out of the shade aflame and unafraid the new dawn blooms as we free it for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it if only we're brave enough to be it
0: wow so let's see the light
2: it's thing, doesn't it when you hear that you know, the
0: hair, like your neck and arms stand up <laughs> yeah. can I also just say before we finish the preacher who gave the benediction at the end was just as good
3: I bet he's got the best bet, eh? he had the best
0: bet. he had the best bit <laughs> Yeah. So listen guys, thank you for joining us tonight. huge thank you to you, Jamie, for coming in at short notice and thank you so uh, much. contributing welcome. so much to our good evening welcome. and making it such an amazing evening together. What a it was good I enjoyed it. tonight. What a blessing.
3: Right, well, I've got an I've got an idea for a podcast with Jamie. So <laughs> oh, you no. need even more of them.
0: <laughs> What's this
1: space. Watch
0: this, this space? space. What
1: have I let myself in for?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, thank you, Jamie, for being with us. Thank you, Very James Cascart, for contributing tonight, and to you, Laura Dagan. And as always, to Ray Manger who's behind the scenes, a, a, giving us the technical support we require for this particular programme. So until we meet again next week, can I remind you, Sunday, a service at 3 o'clock. You can get it on Facebook, or you can find it on this site. And a, also next week, We have the Connect Groups. If you want to be part of a Connect Group, you want to think more about the things we're thinking about and talking about, get involved with the Connect Group. Get in touch with us. Contact at sanctuaryfirst.org.uk. Or indeed, there's a coffee shop on on a Tuesday morning uh, at, I think it's 10 o'clock, is it? 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock to 12 Mm o'clock. And on a a Thursday evening at 8 p.m. to 9 p.m but sometimes there is a lock-in and it does go on a bit longer. So there you go. And until next Friday evening uh, for the weekly review, God bless and have a great weekend.